This recording begins with a reading of the Gospel of the Day. That will be followed by the homily from Father Paul O'Brien. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees have taken their seat on the chair of Moses. Therefore do and observe all things whatsoever they tell you, but do not follow their example. For they preach, but they do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens hard to carry and lay them on people's shoulders, but they will not lift a finger to move them. All their works are performed to be seen. They widen their phylacteries and lengthen their tassels. They love places of honor at banquets, seats of honor in synagogues, greetings in the marketplaces, and the salutation rabbi. As for you, do not be called rabbi. You have but one teacher, and you are all brothers. Call no one on earth your father. You have but one father in heaven. Do not be called master. You have but one master, the Christ. The greatest among you must be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but whoever humbles himself will be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord. If you are in kindergarten through eighth grade, I invite you to come be seated in the sanctuary. Do not leave me alone up here. If you are in kindergarten through eighth grade, please take a seat up here. You seem kind of reluctant, Patrick. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Yikes. All right, we have a word in English that comes from a Greek word. It's, the English word is hypocrite. And in Greek, that is a word that means to play a part on the stage, like being in a play, in a theatrical performance, a hypocrite. So in real life, I am a hypocrite if I pretend to be something that I'm not. It's got a more specific meaning a lot of the time, which is about religion and about values. A person is a hypocrite if he or she says, I believe this or that, but in fact they don't really live it. Or I live this way for a Christian following Jesus, but in fact I don't do it. Hypocrites. The first reading we just heard from Malachi and the gospel reading from Matthew are revelations of how God sees hypocrites and how God responds to hypocrites. So the first reading is from the last of the Old Test minor prophets in the Old Testament. So this is written about 460 years before Jesus. The prophet's name is Malachi. God speaks through Malachi about religious leaders, Jewish priests, the Levites, who are the descendants of Levi, the son of Jacob. The Jewish priests have a role in the temple and in the practice of Judaism at the time where God calls them to be the instruments of God's graces, which means they're supposed to, they do, receive blessings from God, and then they're supposed to share them with God's people, God's life, God's love, God's truth, God's peace. 
They are supposed to be the instruments of all these blessings that God wants to give to all of God's chosen people. And in the process, obviously, they're supposed to grow in those graces. They're supposed to be people who live God's love, who live God's truth, who are instruments of peace in the world. In fact, God says in that passage, they're not. They are hypocrites. God is very direct about this. God says to these religious leaders, you have turned away from me. You've become grasping. You've become people who make unfair prejudicial decisions instead of fair decisions. You have become hypocrites. You are hypocrites, rather, because you say we're of God and we're working for God and we're living in God, but the truth is you're not. So does God care about this? Absolutely. And are there consequences? Absolutely. God says, this is really serious, to these priests, I will send a curse on you unless you heed what I'm telling you, unless you take all of this to heart, unless you put it in your soul, unless you turn back to me, God, and start living in me, I will send a curse on you. Wow, a curse from God you do not want. So it's two things in there. Number one, there are serious consequences if they choose to continue to live the way they live, and if they acknowledge their hypocrisy, if they're just honest about it, and they're honest about how they're actually living, they can turn around, and they can turn back to God, and everything can be good for them again. The acknowledgement of their hypocrisy is the moment in which they can convert, and they can get back to God. You with me, you with me, you with me? Thank you. All right. Jesus, the Son of God, who reveals the fullness of God's truth, way more than all the prophets combined, Jesus affirms that what God says through Malachi is absolutely true. So we're in the 23rd chapter of Matthew. Remember, in this section of Matthew, we last many Sundays, the focus of the gospel writer has been on certain religious leaders who hate Jesus. And pretty soon after this, they're going to have him killed and he's going to rise from the dead. So in this part, Jesus is talking about the scribes and the Pharisees. We've talked about this. The Pharisees are a big group within Judaism at Jesus's time, and the scribes are religious leaders who, again, have a calling from God to teach God's law and also to interpret it for people. So they don't just say, here's the scripture. They tell people the same way that I do today. Their job is to help people understand how you actually live this out. So Jesus speaks to the crowds and to his disciples, his followers, about the scribes and the Pharisees. He does not in any way, shape, or form criticize what they teach. He actually says they've taken the seat of Moses. They are authoritative teachers of our Jewish religion. What he criticizes is their behavior, the way they act, because he says they preach, they tell people God's truth, but they don't practice what they preach. These people are hypocrites. They, Jesus says, they interpret the law for people in these really, really harsh ways, and they tell people, this is how you have to live, and they're actually right, but they don't lift a finger to help people live. If you're telling people this is God's love in a harsh way and you don't help them live it, 
That's not love at all. You're talking about love, but you're not practicing love. These people are supposed to bring people's attention to God by the way they live. Jesus says, in fact, they're trying to bring attention to themselves, which is sick and evil. They wear fancy clothing so that people will look at them. They love it. They take these false positions of honor. They love it when people honor them, when people call them rabbi, which means teacher, in an honoring way. These people are hypocrites. Uh, So, does Jesus call out and condemn the way they live? Yes. Does he condemn them? No. Same way in that first reading. Jesus says to the crowds and to the disciples, but absolutely so the scribes and the Pharisees can hear it, don't make any person on this earth your ultimate teacher. God is your ultimate teacher. Don't call anyone on this earth your ultimate father. doesn't mean you can't call your dad's father or me father, but your ultimate father is God. Don't call anyone your master other than God and me, the Christ, Jesus. So he tells people, you put God and you put me, Jesus, at the center of your life, and then other things will fall into place. That's the answer for the Pharisees and the scribes. If they will acknowledge their hypocrisy and do what Jesus is telling everyone to do, the acknowledgement of the hypocrisy can be the moment of conversion, where they can turn their lives around and begin to live in God again. Got the pattern? Got the pattern? Got the pattern? All right, let me give you some examples. You know, because it's interesting to think about those religious leaders five centuries before Jesus, at the time of Jesus, and they're all dead. They have all been judged by God. The decisions they made are over, and God takes care of everything ultimately in heaven or hell. When you hear those readings, you can think about adults or other people in your life who have pretended to be Catholic, and then you find out they actually are not. They're living very differently. When I hear those readings every three years, I think over and over about priests and bishops who have preached about these passages, and then it turns out they're living evil, criminal lives. It's horrible. And it's critical that we remove these kinds of people, and they're ultimately in God's hands. God judges them now and eternally. The reason I'm saying all this is those passages are for us. They're mostly for us to be honest about hypocrisy which can be a very joy-producing reality. I'll give you some examples. Example number one, there is a religious leader who is decently well-known, who I would say is a hypocrite, and that religious leader is me. I am a hypocrite. I'm going to tell you a very specific example about how I'm a hypocrite. I get up here week after week, day after day, and, I, and in our school, you know, day after day, and I tell you this is what I believe. I believe that true love is recognizing people's needs, entering into those needs, and doing something to help people with their needs. I preach this, I mean, we talk about this all the time in this parish, and particularly for the least of our brothers and sisters, whatever that means, which often means people you don't like. So I get up and I say I believe this, and I live this, and then 
day by day in this community, I encounter adult active fentanyl addicts. So I can be in a basketball court with 75 teenage boys who are behaving outrageously, and I can absorb it, I can be patient, I can actually interact very well. Adult active fentanyl addicts, for some reason, just smack me. Fentanyl, you probably know, it's just a horrific addiction, and it eats away people's brains. Addiction in this city, even 10 years ago, was so different. We have so many nasty, horrible people, the way they behave. So I get up and I say, when I meet an adult fentanyl addict, I should recognize that person's dignity, enter into his or her problems, and do something about it. And yet, over and over again, boy, do I behave differently, particularly if they come after me. I can say some pretty quick, strong things to people, and I can do nothing whatsoever to help them. I am a hypocrite. By acknowledging my hypocrisy, it gets me to the point that I then ask, am I going to continue this, or am I going to change? And what am I going to do, and when am I going to do it to change? For example, I realize I can stop when I am about to get angry at this person. I can control my mind and recognize they still are children of God. I can shut my mouth, which is a big problem for me, and not say nasty things back to nasty people. And I can spend a lot more time looking at the people in this community who seem to be fine with these people and able to serve them and try to learn from them how they behave. The moment I acknowledge my hypocrisy gets me to much deeper issues and I can do something to change. Got that? Example number two. Let's take on parents, shall we? Parents. So how many of you does this sound familiar? Listen, my beloved child, my son, my daughter, all we need in this family is to be honest with one another. Let's just be honest with one another. You can tell me anything, and I will not lose my cool. You can ju just be honest. If you've done something wrong, just be honest with me. I'll be honest with you. We'll work on this together. Don't be afraid, but if you're not honest with me, if you don't tell me the truth, then we've really got a problem. Just be honest with me, and we'll grow together in God. Have you heard something like this? Then 12 hours later, they find out something bad that you've done, and what do you do? You lie to them. You lie to them. You lie to these innocent, wonderful lambs, right? If you can acknowledge that hypocrisy, we talk about honesty all the time, and then we're dishonest to one another, maybe not to them, maybe to your spouse, to your partner, whatever it is. That is the moment, if you can just be honest, that you can then go deeper. What can I do differently, and when will I do it? Maybe I don't have to always be right. Maybe I don't always have to, in order to be the leader of this family, be perfect. Maybe I don't have to hide the bad things I do. Whole bunch of deeper stuff. If you acknowledge the hypocrisy, it's liberating. You can make a decision, am I going to continue to live this way or am I going to change? That moment of being honest about hypocrisy 
is a beautiful moment. Third example and final example, children, ick, who we also refer to as monsters. Are you ready? So, raise your hand if you believe that it is wrong for other children to be mean to you. Raise your hand if you believe it's wrong for you to be mean to other children and for other children to be mean to you. Some of your brains are just not formed yet. I think we have pretty much universal hands up. Okay, I've been around here a long time. This is my 23rd year at Lawrence Catholic Academy or St. Patrick's School before that. So I am with children all the time. I have never in 23 academic years ever met a child who has ever said, I don't believe that other people shouldn't be mean to me. Never, not one ever, thousands and thousands of children. Never, everyone believes that people can, shouldn't be mean to me. And what do we spend about half of the day at Lawrence Catholic Academy dealing with? Children who are mean to one another. You are hypocrites. I would say you are dirty, lousy hypocrites. You are so hypocritical. You say, people shouldn't be mean to me, and then not even 12 hours later, an hour later, we spot you being nasty to some other kid. Is this true? Oh, stop. Now you're lying in church. You're <laughs> even more of a hypocrite. You're lying to a priest in church. That's dirty, lousy, monstrous hypocrisy. So that's it. If you can be honest about your hypocrisy, that is the opportunity to consider, am I going to continue to live this way or am I going to change? Am I actually, when I feel like being mean to someone today, am I going to give myself a time out? Am I going to recognize I should not live this way? Am I going to take a step back and just walk to the other side of the playground? Am I going to stop this and live the way God wants me to live and I want to live? So I invite you to do that this week. You can do, uh, please do this individually, but you can also do this as a couple. You can do it within a family. You could do it in a classroom at LCA. Make a list, an honest list. These are the ways that I am currently, not in the past, a hypocrite in terms of living as a Christian. I say I believe these things. I tell people we should live this way, but I don't. This is much more specific than just how are you sinful, how are you limited. How are you a hypocrite? You tell people this is who I am. You act as if this is who you are, but it's not the truth. So start making a list. If you don't have a list, I think you're a hypocrite. Make a list. And as you go through the list this week, recognize this is a joyful possibility. In each of these areas, are you going to continue to live this way or how are you going to change? So the hypocrisy in the end is not the final most important reality. It's just the beginning. It's the wake-up call. It's the opportunity to start the list, to look at how you can change, and then to do it. But when are you going to do it? Do it today or you're quite the hypocrite. I encourage you to do that. If you will be honest this week and do this exercise, next Sunday, I can almost guarantee that you will be happier, you will be more free of yourself, and you will have a more active agenda for how you're following Jesus right now. 
you could find next week that you have a very big smile and you are very happy to be able to tell people, I am a hypocrite. You have been listening to Father Paul O'Brien, pastor of St. Patrick Parish in Lawrence, Massachusetts. For more information about the parish and to get involved, please go to stpatrickparish.com or follow us on social media. Thank you for listening.